Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there everyone, Nathan here, welcoming you to another fantastic helping of the Prawn Sandwich podcast. But first, I'd just like to introduce you to our sponsor. T7 Clothing is a streetwear brand with a difference. Created in County Durham, they work with you, the customer, to create what you want on your clothing. Products ranging from gym wear, socks, hats and everything in between. You, the customer, can select which logo you want, what size, what colour and where you want your logo to be. Given each item you purchase its very own unique style and personal touch. Customers include former Carlisle United and Blackburn Rovers striker Matthew Janssen, former Sunderland and England left-back Mickey Gray, and former Celtic and Republic of Ireland winger Aidan McGeady, and even current Sky Sports presenter Tom White, so you'd be silly not to even consider looking into their products. For more information on T7 Clothing, you can find them on Instagram by simply searching T7 Clothing, or alternatively, you can find them via their website, which is www.t7clothing.co.uk. That's www.t7clothing.co.uk. T7 Clothing. Every creation is different. Sponsors of the Prawn Sandwich Podcast. Thank you. How's the bacon, did you say? That's it, Stuta! Oh, what a fantastic hit! Roy Keane on Holland. Here's Sancho. Aguero! Welcome to the Prawn Sandwich Podcast, episode 5, series 2. I'm your host Nathan Cupid, and as usual, joined by Dylan McKenzie and Jamie Jackson. Hello, afternoon. <laughs> oh, I'm in a bad way. D- Dylan's in a bad way. I know, if you thought we sounded rough last week, this week, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even hungover, but I probably still sound rough because I'm knackered from work. <laughs> it's going to be fun and games with you two today. I'm feeling high of a, a 4-3 win for the apple tree. Absolutely. In the derby against the Beehive. Well done, boys. Put my groin instead of working that. <laughs> 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 like, I generally have it all, like, it's me. That oozes, like, 20 stone me, that, like. <laughs> and the uh, absolute midfield boss from myself. <laughs> Un- unreal 20 minutes, I'll, I'll <laughs> hopefully admit. Unbelievable. Turned the game around to Wait, Were fair. you 3-1 down when you went on? I. Turn the game around, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just scientific fact that nerf changed everything. Yeah, yeah. No coincidence. No nah. coincidence. Nah. I at least had at least w- at least a couple of touches in the plays for all the goals I think. <laughs> 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 well done, boys. Um, and leading off from midfield bosses, we're doing our next of our player profile episodes. And this week's, well, this week, this t- it's the turn of myself, and I've chose Mr. Roy Morris Keane. Oh, you said midfield bosses. I thought you were going to pick David Batty then. <laughs> Can't see Bomb. Otherwise, I would say something. <laughs> I didn't know even there was Morris. I know yeah. that's Roy that's Morris Keane. Yeah. yeah. So, when you hear the name Roy Keane, what's the first thing you think of? Love him. Legend. That 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 is. That's the first thing I. The first name that. The first word that comes to mind is just legend. Yeah, I just love him. 
he's just, yeah, he even love, he's probably my mate, isn't he? Folk absolutely detest him, but other folk absolutely love I think him. Generally, as a like as a pundit now, the majority of folk pure enjoy him. Um, yeah, but for me, like I, I like I pure enjoyed him as a player, but when he took over as manager of Sunderland, that was that was that season. His first season in charge of us when we got promoted under him is arguably my most favourite ever season being a Sunderland supporter. Yeah. It, it, it was phenomenal. I was like 17, 18 at the time. So I was able to like go to the pub and watch matches that were live on telly and get steaming or like get steaming at the matches and <laughs> go through. So like, uh, it was unreal and because we like, we done so well and all, they like, just fell in the wood the block. Class. Class. He's, he's one of my favourite players to be fair you know, if we had to do like a favourite 11 he'd always get in mind because he's class bit, um, bit unsung as an actual footballer like folk just think he was uh, he just kicked like, folk I like, just kicked the fuck out of folk in the middle of the park and that but he was actually a really good footballer oh you, yeah you, you, you don't captain Man United for that amount of, like for that amount of seasons by just kicking folk in the middle of the pitch he could play a ball and all in yeah. his younger days he scored a lot more He's Man United's most decorated captain, isn't he? Like he was a captain during Man United's most successful period, so that says a lot. And if you're one of the most important players under Brian Clough and uh, Alex Ferguson, then you're doing something right. Aren't you? <laughs> the two are arguably the greatest managers that have managed on British soil. Oh, easily. Them and Johnny would get. <laughs> Can't believe you're still harping on top of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> the oh. table's lying. <laughs> I seen that clip pop up the other day. The table's lying. It's lying. And your second bottom would get, man. It's lying. <laughs> Back to my <Roy> kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, on the 10th of August 1971, in Cork Island, Roy Morris King was born. Um, in an 18 year career he played for I hope I say it right is it Cobb Cobb Rumblers Cobb Cobb yes Cobb Rumblers Nottingham Forest Manchester United and Celtic he's won 19 major trophies he was the cap- like we said previously he's the captain during Manchester United's most successful, successful period and he's Ireland's joint most successful footballer alongside Dennis Irwin and Ronnie Whelan he oh, loves Dennis Irwin great ah, he loves Dennis Irwin doesn't he it's like his best mate. Like if you seen the documentary, the best of the best of enemies with Vieira. And he walked. And they have, to, he they have to pick their. He won't let him off the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like constant up and down. Just like Dennis is Dennis. Yeah, he's a constant up and down. Never gets never in the media. Vieira's like, oh come on, that's it. No, no, it's got something to do with it. And, uh, and he's Irish. <laughs> Class. Uh, T Rex were number one with the song "Get It On" when he was born. Matthews <laughs> 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 um, didn't think he'd know. He comes okay. from a, a very keen, get that in there, keen sporting family. At the age of nine, he was a junior boxer at Rockmount Boxing Club. He was a junior boxer. Yeah. You'd have thought he'd have made a better connection with Alan Shearer's mask when he fucking <laughs> took a swing at him at some changes that day, didn't you? Beckham pushes him, doesn't he? <laughs> um, I still say this, Dave. Beckham didn't push him, he'd... He'd have lamped him. He'd have got him. Uh, by, well, by the sounds of it, he was... He looked to be quite... He won all four of his bouts as a junior. 
and he looked to show a bit of a bit of promise. But football was a bit seemed to be developing a lot better as a footballer. As a kid, he was a supporter of Celtic and Tottenham Hotspur, as Liam Brady and Glenn Hoddle were his favourite footballers. And then also Brian Robson in his earlier like. Uh, he, he mentions a lot in his second book about supporting Spurs. Actually, would be Brian Robson was like a a footballer he admired. Um, <laughs> Funny how he supports Spurs, he pure rips them apart now. Ah, yeah. So they've got no bottle on either. And there was a club that I've got nothing special. Like, can, can remember he said that one of Ferguson's team talks when he played for Man U was he just come in and said, "Lads, it's Spurs." Uh, is that like, the 5-3? Aye. Yeah. It was the 5-3, wasn't it? Aye. Uh, you're 3-0 down at half-time as well. You're going into the dressing room and you're hoping that you just send yourself, Gaffer, please don't complicate things. And then uh, he just comes in and goes, lads, it's Spurs. And like, perfect. 5-3. <laughs> <laughs> at the age of 14, he was considered too small to be a footballer, but determined to prove everybody wrong. He eventually got his trials in England. Fair play that because that was a proper thin back then. Yeah. You weren't like six foot two and mm. like now it's not the same because of like obviously the Barca situation yeah. and stuff. In the, in the, people in the, had done it like yeah. back then. Especially when you've got numbers like Richard Keyes still in the media saying stuff like uh, proper bloke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's too short to be a footballer. Yeah, you want it, me? That big lad over there is a proper bloke. <laughs> Yes, playing twice a week for both junior and first teams, and getting to the FAI Youth Cup final. For whom is that for core? Yeah, he eventually attracted the attention of Nottingham Forest, where he would impress Brian Clough. Man, only had one season at core, continued like yeah, booked from Ireland. Paid forty-seven thousand pounds for his services. In the summer of 1990, just plucked away. One didn't didn't win anything under Clough at Forest, did they? Got no. to the FA Cup final. Yeah, and they got. Uh, do you not get to two cup final? Do you not get to a league cup final as well? No, quite good. No. And then he, they got they got relegated, didn't they? Um, mm. Yeah, made his first league debut for Nottingham Forest in against Liverpool in the 1990-91 season. Uh, he scored his first goal for Forest against Sheffield United and then he became a regular played in the 1991 FA Cup final losing to Spurs during that cup run he made a mistake in the third round against Crystal Palace which resulted in a replay and in the dressing room after that game Brian Clifford told Keane off about his performance and he punched him what club punched Right Club punched Roy Keane. <laughs> and he picks him as his favourite manager. <laughs> he always does that. Like he, he always says that Club's the best manager that he played under. Mm. In the 91-92 season, Forrest make another return to Wembley in the League Cup final, getting beat off Man United in a 1-0 defeat. Um, got voted Forrest's Player of the Year and he attracted the attentions of big spending Blackburn Rovers. Um... Kenny Dalglish wasn't shy about trying to sign him and uh, he signed a contract the season that they Forest got relegated with a relegation escape clause so like you mm. know what like Defoe has when he was playing for West Ham he's like for Knicks. Uh, West Ham if you get relegated you can just leave 
And Brian Clough said he wouldn't give him a contract because he's no football. Is it footballers shouldn't be holding the club to ransom? Um, and he'd actually agreed to sign for Blackburn Rovers for four million pounds, and everything was signed. All he had to do was sign the paper himself, and then look would have it. Alex Ferguson picked up the phone, and then he signed a British record transfer fee for three point seven five million. So he's at, Alex Ferguson actually managed to get him cheaper. Than Blackburn Rovers, but uh, yeah, he went and went and signed the contracts for Man United two days before he was supposed to meet Kenny Dalglish and sign the one for Blackburn. Ah well, Blackburn got Tim Sherwood instead anyway. He, he was better than Zidane, according to according to Jack Walker. Zidane never won the Premier League. No, that's true. Neither's David Batty. Sure, eh? David Batty has won the Premier League. Either offered him a medal and he turned it down because he was injured that season. Okay. Shit. David Batty's shit. David, David Batty is a. Bottle the Premier League winner's medal. Bottle the Premier League winner's medal because, because the Premier he wouldn't League take one. They gave him when he went, no, I haven't played enough games. Bottled it. But you can have one, David. Net. Bottled it. Don't even, don't even, don't even want it. <laughs> <laughs> bottled it. Just like he bottled his penalty in 98. Don't just start his own. Are you really just anymore? <laughs> David Batty. <coughs> He's a national treasure. Oh wow! <laughs> we are a poo narrative. That is the fact then. Bold statement, that like. <sighs> nah, just like, <laughs> just like saying pro David Batty. Ah, I'm sad. Oh god! After signing for Man United, he had to fight for his place in the midfield with names like Paul Ince, Brian Robson playing central midfield. Uh, Robson was getting on a bit when. Uh, he signed for yeah. Man U. He's basically just like a direct replacement for for Brian Robson at yeah. the time, wasn't it? But uh, what what year did he sign for Man U again? The second Premier League season, so ninety three to ninety four. Ninety three, ninety four. That was Brian Robson's last yeah. season. Um, scored a brace on his debut against yes. Sheffield United. Uh, instantly became a fan favourite at Old Trafford when he scored a winning goal in a three two win against City at Main Road. Good goal that. Have you seen it? Where he, he just makes an absolute burst from midfield to the back post. Scored two goals in that game. Uh, I think he did. You know, in his first season at Man United, like that season, he finally broke his Wembley duck and he actually won a medal, um, beating Chelsea four 0 in the FA Cup final. Uh, they also won the Premier League that season in the clubs. First ever, well, his first ever double. In the following season, Man United lost both the league and the FA Cup to Blackburn Rovers and Everton. During the cup run, he received his first of eleven red cards from Man United because he stamped on Gareth Southgate. He received a three-match ban and a five thousand pound fine. Deserves it really. <laughs> and that's Southgate, not Keane. <laughs> um, the summer of 95 has seen major changes at Manchester United Paul Ince left to go to Inter Milan Mark Hughes left to go to Chelsea uh, that, that was the big big overhaul wasn't it the, yeah uh, we had like Kanchelskis going Kanchelskis <coughs> went to Everton Paul Parker went to Derby County yeah, Brian McClare leaving etc and then yeah that far too young for all this shit y'all talk about well, that, that, I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> that, that's when the class of 92 got the yeah got, got yeah. pushed through but even then like Keane was 
still must have been like only about 25 or something then. Yeah, he was still if quite that. young. And then you, you see like interviews with like Gary Neville and gigs and scores and they all say like, oh, it was the older heads like Bruce, Pallister, Schmeichel and Keane. Like, <laughs> oh man, Keane's like what, a year older than you or something? Just a few years old. <laughs> um, after a slow start to that season with, as me and Jamie said, in one of our later episodes, Alan Hansen's famous, you can't win anything with kids. Fucking love that. Yes, yeah, um, <laughs> I don't really like my United, but I love that. I love that. Um, he must hate that with that, passion. That, that's the season where Newcastle, Newcastle spunked the 12 point lead that they had at Christmas time, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, Newcastle had a 12 point lead at Christmas. Is that that season? Yeah, yeah I'd love it, really it if we beat them. I just love the quote because I'm uh, in the league. But, uh, wow. So he says that quote and then. On top of that, it's he the says that like second game of the season or something. Don't he? First, first, first game, game of the season, season when they lose to Villa on the yeah when they lose to Villa three one, um yeah the, that, that was another double year, wasn't it? Yeah, they either went from winning the double to losing the double to winning the double. Um, yeah. They obviously they pipped Newcastle to the league title, and they also beat Liverpool in and the FA one, Cup final one yeah. 0 I wonder what Keane thought of. Uh, Liverpool players turning up in them fucking white suits. <laughs> in the white suits in the white sunglasses. Suits in that final. <laughs> I think if we were more established, they probably said something. Aye, aye. I'd love to get his take on that. Like, yeah, aye, if I'd ask him now, see what, like. I bet if he was asked it, in, you'd, you'd get that pure, like, wry smirk that he gets. Uh, um, in the 96 to 97 season, Keane was floating in and out of the sides with multiple injuries and suspensions um, well, Man United got knocked out of the Champions League semi-final that season off Borussia Dortmund that was the year Dortmund wasn't it, wasn't it yeah but they won another league title at the end of the 96-97 season uh, club captain and legend Eric Cantona announced his retirement from football which immediately seen Roy Keane receive the armband that was also the season where Haaland, the, the, the initial Haaland yeah, incident happened, wasn't it? it was. So, yeah, yeah. and the yeah. next of eight season. So, it it make, well, oh, the initial... Yeah, so Because Keane missed most of that season, and that was the season Man U threw away a massive yeah. like point lead for Arsenal to win the yeah. league. So, like, just goes to show how important Keane was. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, also in that season, obviously with Cantona retiring, Roy Keane took Cantona's armband, but there's also a small story that Alex Ferguson wanted to give Roy Keane the man, the famous Manchester United number seven. But after a small conversation with Keane and David Beckham twining like a little girl, Roy Keane decided to keep the number 16 and let David Beckham have the number seven. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Beckham was like number ten at the time. Yeah. Keen seven would have been weird. Oh, would I? Yeah. I've, I've said to you before, before we had that weird discussion about what numbers we like to look at that time. Numbers. That like aesthetically I don't find 16 a nice number to look at. But like there's certain players there is just they like just synonymous and number, it has to go. And Some players Keen 16 is like 100% like that number. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just, yeah. Definitely. If it, on, on like footy manager and stuff, if I'm giving somebody the number 16, it's normally a defensive mid. Pure. So like we said about the famous Alfinger Haaland Ellen Road incident, was it the Torres Crucial ligament? 
Keane. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Aye. Initially, he's trying to trip Harland. They're chasing after it, and he's trying to trip Harland, and he tears his cruciate ligament, doesn't he? Aye. And then Harland stands over him, accuses him of diving and cheating. And then obviously the aftermath. <laughs> four years later. Like, imagine being in pain from a cru- like from your you fucked your cruciate, and you're lying on the ground writhing in pain because that that would be that would horrific. Uh, unbelievable that. And while in amongst that, you remember that Harland was saying, "Get up, you faking it," and then four years down the line, that's still in your brain. What? If I'd done my cruciate, the only thing my brain is focusing on is the that fact knee. my knee is absolutely burst. <laughs> Not the fact some Scandinavian fella stood over us, like, telling us to get up. Like, Linton's not brilliant, but it, it's brilliant when, like, he does it and he just takes his armband off and he's like, he knows he's going. Alright, oh, yeah, it's there. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a derby game. Oh, you know what would be mint? <laughs> if Roy Keane had a son <laughs> the same age as Erling Haaland and <laughs> they came together like some kind of like Creed 2, like Dragon oh. and fucking Apollo <laughs> Creed's boy. Yeah. That'd be mint. Wow. <laughs> Leads you in the Premier League at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll get on to the aftermath that day at Old Trafford later down the line. Um, the following season, Keane came back and he captained Man United to the famous treble winning season, but obviously winning the league, an FA Cup and the Champions League. Although he never played in the Champions League final, you could probably say Roy Keane's finest hour in a Man United shirt to the semi final, can't you? It's one of the yeah. it's one of the best matches to go back and watch it. It's like watching the ITV coverage of that like back now, like even as a neutral can give you goosebumps. Yeah. Comments are class on it and all. Yeah. Nah, it is. Well, yeah. like, um, you obviously knew you weren't playing in the final if you got there, but you didn't stop. And yeah. like, well, why would I stop? Nah, I'm almost offended. Absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah, like, why, why, would, why would I stop? It's, it's my job. Yeah. It's my job. So, after receiving a yellow card for a trip on Zidane, the Blancfist absolutely fucking suicide balled him. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Um, I bet he wanted to kill Jesper Blomfist after that night. Which yeah, basically, well, yeah, well, he ruled him out. If my if my night got to the final, he couldn't play there. And uh, obviously, at that point, many folk obviously watching the game had ripped my United off. Already two goals down. I thanks think, to the goal scoring delights of I people think, in Zagi. I think at the time, no English side had ever beaten Juventus. Yeah. At the Deli Alpi as well. They were very good. That oh, Juventus really? team, yeah. weren't they? they that were Juventus very team good team. Very good team. Davids. Uh, David, Zidane, Takanadi, Conte, Pippo and Zaghi. Um, Pippo and Zaghi. I think Del Piero was injured. Yeah. Um, Uliano, Montero. Uh, what a squad that is. Um, he would have been the fullback. Can't mind the fullbacks. Peruti, Peruti in goal. Aye, because before it's before Buffon, that isn't it. Aye, aye. Um, like, I been, would have been about Peruti. three years before Buffon and uh, a before, year before Van der Sar. Um. So after his booking, Keane clawed one back in the 24th minute with off a well-timed header off a David Beckham corner. And then the famous York and Cole partnership would score in the 34th and the 84th minute to send up Man United to the new Camp in the final to play by Munich. There's a quote in Sir Alex Ferguson's book about that day... Um, it was the most emphatic display of selflessness I have ever seen on a football field. 
pounding every blade of grass, competing as if he'd rather die of exhaustion than lose. He inspired all around him. I felt it was an honour to be associated with such a player. And then that's where he's like, I'm almost offended at quotes like that. What do you expect? I'm, I'm not ass, I absolutely licked him and told him brilliant chance. Offend me. <laughs> 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 like, oh, quotes man. like that almost they offend me. Like, what am I supposed to do? You yeah, know what I mean? That's quality. Just stand there that's and give up. Books are brilliant. I know. I tell you what, I bet Brian, if it was a quote by Brian Clough saying that and not Ferguson, because this is post their like Aye. fallout, I bet, I bet it would have been like, I had a lot of time right, for Clough. Thank, thank, <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Brian. <laughs> Fuck off, Alex. Yeah. Later in True Keen style. He was being quoted in saying comments such as, I'm almost offended, as that was my job as captain. Many trophies and accolades arrived for Keane. That was the... He scored the only goal in a 1-0 victory over Pameras in the to- in Tokyo in 1999. That, in that, um, that's basically what would now be the club world. Yeah. Club. So that was... That was when they won like just that solemn fixture before they went to before the fuck yeah. off their couple yeah. went to Brazil for that thing but it was around that time where he'd, he'd like he'd signed a contract he, he became like the most most highest paid player in um, English football and signing a 50 grand a week yeah a week contract that was held him to ransom doesn't he because I think Bayern Munich were literally like oh come here he, ne- he never says who he was linked with he always, but he always says he had Opportunities yeah. to move the, the only time I've seen him say who he was linked with was when he left Man U on a free when he went to Celtic at Real Madrid. Yeah, I meant like when, when, no, no, when he, was, he always says that he had opportunities and it's like, yeah, who? Yeah. yeah. Is it Italy or is it Spain? But that's the best. I think that that's one of my favourite things about like reading like, footballers or biographies is reading out who they could have went to and then imagine an, an alternate universe where like, Roy Keane's captain of Real Madrid. Did they get Gravison because they didn't get Keane? Right, I would have done it. That's a fucking downfall. <laughs> 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 Nev, have you seen goal two? <laughs> was it Gravison 16 or not? Yeah. Was it Gravison 16 for real? I think he was, yeah. I, 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 I'll tell you what, man. That, that January, the sign Gravison, he was Gravison unbelievable was for Everton in no, that first half of that season. Let's face it, they probably thought they had Roy Keane because they kept the 16 spare. Um. We're just going to get the next cycle that plays in English football. <laughs> so, <laughs> in November 2000, Roy Keane had caused a little bit more controversy after a game against Dynamo Kiev in the Champions League. He uh, passed comments over a lack of support by the fans when the team needed it in a difficult spell, saying, Away from home, our fans are fantastic. I'd call them the hardcore fans. But at home, they have a few drinks and probably the prawn sandwiches and they don't realise what's going on out there on the pitch. And that is the reason why yeah. this podcast <laughs> is called The Prawn Sandwich Podcast. forgot to mention as well, like, sorry, um, the 99-2000 season when he was voted PFA Player, Player of the Year and Footballer. Yeah. And Football Writers Footballer of the Year. And in his acceptance speech of PFA Players Player of the Year, um, he said he didn't deserve it and it should have been given to Kevin Phillips. No, is that what he Oh, I love that man even oh, more no, he's now. He's been loving more. Like, what a hero, right? Uh, you know, everything he says. He said uh, when he got up and said his speech, he was like, uh, it shouldn't be me that be up here accepting it, it should be that man over there. He was like, what he has done this season is absolutely phenomenal. 
Oh, can you imagine yeah. being Kevin Phillips out there? Like, it's in Kevin Phillips' book. Roy Keane loves me. <laughs> <laughs> so, four years down the line, Manchester Derby, Old Trafford, 2001. Keane was sent off from five minutes from the end. Yeah. As, as said in a previous With, prawn, prawn uh, podcast, I've got a score to score a set. I mean, that they the did. One, one they did. David Beckham scored. Yes, they did. One nil Um He was given a three-match ban and a five thousand pound fine initially <laughs> after the high challenge on Alfinger Harland. But in August of two thousand and two, Keane had received a further five-match ban and a hundred and fifty thousand pound fine for bringing the game into disrepute. <laughs> this was a result of his statement in his book. Not though. Like the most recent one, the first one. Yeah. The first one's actually better than the second one. I think. I've not read the first one. Um, the comment is, I'd waited long enough. I fucking hit him hard. The ball was there, I think. Take that, you can. Don't mean to see a bomb, but it's part of the comment. And don't ever stand over me sneering about fake injuries. Uh, how that's worth £150,000, <laughs> I don't know, Like to be fair. Yeah. But, uh, it's a minging challenge, to be fair. <laughs> Oh, it's awful. It's a minging it challenge. So bad. Thing is, right, he has looked at that game thinking, Man City are going down. He missed the first game against them. Yeah. That season. Man City are going down. Might not get a chance to do this for a long time. <laughs> I'm just can't for it. It's, you know, like, <laughs> it's just, bang. Sometimes it's just like, sometimes it's almost like fate, isn't it? Like, mm. how, like, it's just, it's just perfect. There's no one else around and the ball's there and Keane's not even bothered. He just whack straight on his knee and, in, um, he lands head first, man. He lands. He, he goes head, shoulder, no back, legs. It sounds stupid, right? But what makes me think somersaults, man? What makes me go it's all ridiculous. about it all when he does it? His knees clash together, like he's hitting mm. that hard. Uh, like his yeah. knees clash together, and, he, and it's like he's somersaults. <laughs> and the cool. like, he like he doesn't even like. He sometimes if they do something like that, they put the hands up, don't it? He just does it. He took. He hasn't even looked up. He's, the armband's already coming off. The ref sends him off, and then he spits, and then he stands over and he says what he said to him. And Sean Gorter stood behind him like, oh. <laughs> and, and, and that's full on skinhead Roy Keane, like the most terrifying Roy Keane. Aye. Like, can, can you remember when they played Borough and Andy Derso gave a penalty to Borough? And Roy oh, Keane and Yap like, Stam like, like charged like down six of them, like, isn't it? It looked like an irate national front meeting with all the skinheads. Because <laughs> Beckham's got a skinhead. Aye, aye, aye. All these white skinheads chasing <laughs> down the referee. It was like, it was I like American like, history, yeah? The kids are holding them back as well, isn't it? They're all like, and he does all shit in his pants. He's got Roy Keane. like, oh. <laughs> You would, though, to be fair, wouldn't you? Fucking right. Um. I tell, I tell you what, on, the, on, the, on that incident, right, that um, Harland one, um, can you, I, I had to, you know when you're in year nine and you have to do sats? Yeah. We, you had to write about um, a hero, like, um, villains that were fictional and non-fiction. So my real life villain that I wrote about, wrote about was uh, Roy Kane. And wrote about his like revenge story over like Harland and that and how he ended his career and stuff. I've got like top I've got put in top set for my GCSE. <laughs> Cheers, Keno. Roy Keane. We are we owe everything to Roy Keane in this podcast story, really. <laughs> yeah. Um obviously after that incident, Man United had a couple of lower lower standard seasons for them. I mean, finishing third 
a low standard season for Man United. Um, trophyless in 2001-2002. It was a weird couple of years for Man United. Like, it was a bit of a transitional period. Well, they did lose the Champions League semi-final to Bayer Leverkusen, who went on to get beat off that Zidane volley at Hampden yeah. Park. But, and they got knocked out by Real Madrid, like two seasons on the bounce. Yeah, first, didn't they? they did. But um, um, like Beckham started having like really public fallouts with Ferguson and stuff, and nothing. It didn't. Nothing seemed right there for. Yeah, for a it was of a years. bit of a, mm. a strange place to be. But they were still, they say, finishing third, and that's classed as the lowest standard. Yeah. Team, you know what I mean? Some clubs would love to finish third in the Premier League. Um, a hip operation, suspension, suspensions, and below par seasons were early signs of doubt in the relationship between yeah. Roy Keane and Manchester United. But comments made in an interview for Manchester United Telly were enough for them to part ways. Um, comment well, there's no no one's seen the footage of the no like Manchester United have completely kept it under wraps. I'm sure that's in like a steel box yeah. in a safe. Wrapped in cement at the bottom of some river, you know, and only Alex Ferguson is the key. But uh, Roy Keane's always said, just play it and everyone will. <coughs> he says he, he describes it as almost tongue in cheek, doesn't he? Like, but well, the, the, in in that time, like the the all one or two season, Arsenal won the league, then didn't they? And then yeah. in the or two or three season, Man U won the league. Yeah, Beckham's last season. Yeah, Beckham's last season. Um, I think that was Kane's last really full season of playing yeah. playing games, and then they didn't win the league for another three years after that. Yeah, um, that was the season with the tunnel incident. With uh, uh, some of the best like inside footage you've ever seen of any football thing ever. There's the <laughs> kick off at Highbury, and then you just see Keane charging. But I know we don't like to see one, but we're like quoting him and say, "I fucking see you out there, you cunt! I fucking see you out there!" And point to me. Yeah, that was then from Pizzagate as well, wasn't it? With um, Fabregas chucking the pizza at Alex Ferguson. No, Pizza Pizzagate afterwards. Oh, sorry. Pizzagate when they've done the invincible record. Oh, is it after Pizzagate with the fire? Sorry. The um, um, like, they, Neville. 
But I'm really, how bruising an encounter was that? Oh, it was a tough game, um, especially when down to 10 men. Uh, but I thought we played some decent stuff. First half, we were very poor. But we knew that uh, if we improved on our performance, we'd, uh, we'd get chances and hopefully score goals like we did in the second half. It looked like you and Patrick Vieira were trading insults and threats in the tunnel beforehand. What happened? Um, don't want to go into too much detail, but Patrick Vieira is six foot four and starts having a go at Gary Neville. He says, come and have a go at me. Simple as that. Do you feel battle lines were drawn before you even went on the pitch? Well, if players want to intimidate uh, some of my teammates, then uh, let's have a go at some of the other players. They think Gary Neville's an easy target, but I wasn't having it. What about on the pitch itself? Uh, in some quarters, Manchester United were criticised for their physical approach at Old Trafford. Do you feel you really won by playing really good football tonight? I think so. I think especially in the second half, even when we down to ten men, we kept the ball moving. And um, I think if Mikel hadn't been sent off, we could have scored, we could have scored a few more. Um, but you know, you got to you got to win tackles, and you know it's a physical game. And I think fans enjoy that as much as scoring. So you know, if teams are going to give it out, they got to accept it. Aye. Aye. And then he's going to Dennis Bergkamp and you every week making yeah. out you're a making nice guy. Out you're a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking picking Gary Nelvey, you fucking pick on me. That tunnel looks so I know. tight and small. Graham Paul's like trying to tell it to Kelly. No more in here. Yeah. No more in here. <laughs> fucking tell him. Hey, Paul we Scott. We watched that We did I. That's an O'Shea Dink game, it is, it? yeah. Aye. And to be fair. Ronaldo bag two. Oh. I can remember watching that game with my granddad's and my granddad being like, ah, oh, Keane's gone in five minutes, but uh, so professional in that game. It's, but that's the, probably one of the Premier League's best games, aye? Sylvester gets sent off. Oh, we were yeah. saying it? Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You go out at 10 minutes and he still battles with yeah, yeah, it. Just, just when you mentioned Ronaldo there, it just like, clicked in my head that I forgot Keane had a couple of seasons with Ronaldo. Mm. There was, you remember when Ronaldo first signed and he'd just do step over yeah. and step over and he wouldn't really go anywhere. He'd just be like, stood doing step overs. I remember there was one Champions League game and when you were winning like two or three nil the ball and Ronaldo had like done a few step overs like as they were like winning and was getting a few olays from the from the fans and that. It cut to Roy Keane just after Ronaldo had done some step overs, done to Keane and rather than do step overs, you know on the monk on um main machine where he does that thing with his knees like that. Yeah. <laughs> Keane does them on the touchline and just passes the ball. There was no one anywhere near him for him to do it. The crowd like purely and like Keane had that little like smirk on his face, like mm, I've done a banter. Everybody loves me. <laughs> Phil Neville tells a story. Have you seen the Class of ninety two movie? Oh, I have. Where like yeah, Phil Neville's like Neville. Phil Neville's like as as a fullback, you have to develop a trick. And he's like, my trick was a step over. Mm. And they're playing someone like Derby County, and he throws out a step over, and the fans are like giving it the big end, and like Keane and all that are all laughing. And then like ten minutes after that, he throws out a double step over and gets past the winger, and then he crosses the ball, and and then everyone's still laughing, and he turns to his right, and Roy Keane's staring at him like, <laughs> stop pissing about. <laughs> it's like I've developed this trick for years, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, them comments in 2005 were enough for Sir Alex Ferguson and to be fair though it, it did seem like Man United were looking for an excuse to just phase him out well to be fair it, it, it would have been barely playing it would have been on at this time it would probably have been on about 80 grand a week or yeah. something Sir Alex Ferguson it's a lot of money to spend Ferguson doesn't like not being the man I full control he said, he, said he, he said in his book um, he found out with Quiroz as well wasn't he yeah and the whole like uh, the horse racing thing wasn't it as well he, Alex, Alex Ferguson with the horse racing things and all that was a Keane didn't in, enjoy that but yeah, Alex Ferguson yeah. said he was was it like trying to take managerial duties off him and but eventually they parted ways and in December 2005 he's, he left Manchester United 
and he signed for Celtic where they won a where they won a league and cup double. Yeah, but he, he said in his book, didn't he, that he was just he, he fell off the pace like there, and he just yeah. wasn't. Yeah, he's was it, he played. He like 16 games. Uh, he played like he's like he was like his third game in, and he stopped in like he, they finished and he done whatever, and he got in his hotel room and he laid on the bed and he was just like I couldn't get up, my hip mm. was screaming. Mm. But he uh, the, in his book he says he wasn't. It's like the standard at Celtic. Like he got on the team bus before the game and John Harton's eating three sausage rolls and a big bag of crisps, <laughs> and, he, and he's just like where where fuck him. <laughs> So, after winning a League and Cup double with Celtic, he eventually retired from football on the 12th of June 2006. Um, in a 17-year career, 676 appearances in all competitions, scoring 87 goals. And he's also got 67 international caps for Ireland, scoring 9 goals. I mean, some of the honours he's won... Uh, 1991 to 1982 he won a full members cup winners medal so I don't even know what that is Uh, Man United he's won 7 Premier Leagues 4 FA Cups 4 Charity Shields not that he'd let you he he wouldn't let you count that Uh, 1 UEFA Champions League he wouldn't let you count that Uh, probably uh, 1 Intercontinental Cup and at Celtic he's won an SPL and a Scottish League his, his individual honours are ridiculous yeah. five PFA team of the year's appearances two FAI young player of the year two FAI senior player of the year two Premier League player of the months two Sir Matt Busby player of the years one RTE sports person of the year football is the football writers and the PFAs various different like team of the year awards and different like awards like over the years but the the, the main ones are like play the team of the year picks and the football basically inducted into the English Hall of Fame like English Football Hall of Fame in 2004 Um, do you want to quickly skip through his iron stuff or no, I mean, I mean, he played. We can mention Obviously, I was younger, but I was just surprised to see that he actually got sixty-seven caps coming in the Saipan thing. Yeah, he played in '94. He was voted Ireland's best player at the World Cup in '94 in the yeah. USA. Yeah, when you think about it, like it's it'll have um, six sixty-odd caps for Ireland, but he would have been capped early on. Yeah, but that's so, like, in nineteen ninety-one. He got his first cap. Yeah. Well, I suppose Ireland weren't qualifying for tournaments and he did have like a good 18 months where he was injured a hell of a lot during the 90s. Um, we covered Saipan in, yeah. the, in the Japan uh, 2002 review, didn't we? Yeah, mm. I mean, um, they didn't qualify in 98. He, he was integral in the qualifying for that mind. Yeah. In 2001, he scored four goals in seven games for Ireland. They lost to Turkey in the Euro 2000 playoffs as well. Um Jason McAteer tells that story about ninety four USA ninety four, doesn't he? You heard that they're playing Sweden or something, and they're doing like a lot. I was in Norway. I can't remember, but they're playing someone. And they're in the lineup, and uh, Andy Townsend's captain, and someone's getting passed down the line, and he's like, normally, it's like, oh, keep your head, this and that, and the other, and it comes down, and um, whoever's stood to Jason McAteer's right leans in, he goes, Blombird seven rows up, massive tits. <laughs> Pass it on, yeah, yeah. and he looks to his left, and it's Roy Keane, <laughs> and he's just like, "Keep your shape, Roy." Doesn't say nothing. 
But uh, we all, we've all covered, we've covered the same it's mad, it's, mad, it's mad that he only retired from playing on June, like June sixteenth, two thousand and six, or whatever you said. June and 12th. then it was only was it like six months or something? And he was not even that. Not even that. And he like, Sunderland that Niall Quinn wanted him wanted him in quite early on. Yeah, but he, he was a point. It was it was Bank Holiday Monday in August that he became Sunderland manager because I remember that was we beat West Brom that day two 0 and right. Keane was in the stands the after day before. Yeah, deadline day and he signed like six players. Yeah, oh, that is my is favorite that, deadline. Is that Tony Mowbray's West Brom. Did, yeah, did Tony Mowbray not say something about them? No, that was the later on. So we played them in like February, end of January. Mm. We beat them at their bit. We beat them 2-1 at their bit. And Yorkinston and John. Mowbray <laughs> came out and said, um, we'll finish above Sunderland. Uh, we'll finish above Sunderland. At the end of the season. We came first. They came like fifth and lost in the playoffs. Uh, that was the derby in the playoff uh, final. Uh, yeah. Stephen yeah. Pearson scored yeah, against them. Uh, uh, like, that made my dad like eternally hit Tony Mowbray. <laughs> <laughs> possibly comment on us. <laughs> That was we were on an absolute oh, downward spiral. Like yeah. we were, we were rock bottom of the championship. We'd just been dumped out of the league cup by bottom of the football league, Bury, and absolute shit show players and all. I just did what I wanted. In in the in the summer, we hadn't been able to sign anyone like decent. We were Kenny Cunningham, who was about seventy five in on a free, and <laughs> uh, we got Darren Ward, who ended up being a good mm. good keeper for us that season in on a free. Um, but like Quinn signed players like William Mockwe and like Anna Riera who I've had pure I was excited for him mine Call like, oh, Barcelona be captain he's going to be mint him Call I know I was like oh this is exciting William Mockwet, whoever that was Tobias Heisen was a Quinn sign in mind I feel oh, like Tobias Heisen yeah I know but going like, back to that day that you were running about that is a deadline day and the key uh, he signed like <laughs> six players uh, signs Dwight York if was it if you're Irish or played for Man United, wasn't it? Basically, yeah. <laughs> Ima, 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 Connolly, Ian, Ian Miller, Dwight York, Ross Wallace, Ross Wallace, yeah, Stan Varger, Stan Varger. Uh, they were the like, six, weren't they? Dwight York's like the only man. The, the sinister really got, six. The only man I'd come back for was Roy Keane, like because he got him from Melbourne Victory. Uh, Look, Sydney, his, Sydney FC. It's in his book, isn't it? Something like. Imagine blagging. Imagine leaving Sydney. To come to the north east of England. Especially Dwight York, who like, is a proper player and loves it. Oh, you know, he would have loved that. Exactly. Bondi Beach. Uh, it's it's book, all over that. It's in his book. Like, I, I don't know how I managed to persuade him from beautiful women, beautiful beaches and hot weather for a freezing cold Tuesday night in Sunderland or something. And then the, that, that, that deadline day was a Thursday and then we played Derby County on the Saturday and... Like just straight away, like the the boom, the impact he had was unreal. We won that game two one. Uh, Ross Wallace and Chris Brown, Chris uh, Brown got the goals. We had it was we had a bit of a like we still had a few players because it was here. Was yeah, he booted ball out in January. Yeah, and Liam Lawrence and Liam Lawrence went. Ben Anik went. Um, the sex tape. Uh, Chris Brown went. Yeah. Um, and then he brought in in the January like Carlos Edwards. Johnny Stur- Evans. Johnny Evans on loan, Danny Simpson on loan, Stern, John, Anthony Stokes. Um, got the best out of Daryl Murphy and all. Murphy was mid that season. Yeah, Murphy and David Connolly. You know something? Because then we won the league, like, our top scorers had like 13 goals. I was top goals everywhere. Yeah. It, Ka- is, that you know, C- is that Carlos Edwards' screamer? Wallace Screamers. Is that C- like he had, Wallace had about six or seven. Yeah. 
Edwards had about five or six. But he just changed the whole mentality of the place. Like, Dean White had picked up goals, surely. White had got about six or seven. did. Our mentality was ridiculous. I, I was. Like, yeah. every. every Everyone yeah. to a man, including the fans, just was just like it was just all poured in. It was like a crest like, of a wave, wasn't it? Like the game that stands out for me is uh, was it Friday night or Saturday night on telly against Southampton away? Obviously, no. a pure dog shit time. It was Easter Monday that uh, dog shit time. Uh, it was Southern Monday to travel to Southampton half five kickoff. Uh, for the telly, um, me and my dad watched it in the living room. I watched it in walkabout. It was the first time we went top room. Yeah, we were one nil down until about the eighty fifth yeah. minute. And then Edward Edwards scores screamers. Ed, Edwards and Lever arrive screamers. I tell you what, the because we scored so many late goals under him, you could tell that his oh, like yeah. his attitude had just poured into the players, oh, and they all just bought into like what he wanted to do. Die. Can you can you mind? Was well, it in the prem? Well, classic 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 Man United mentality, though, isn't it? Like that under his tenure as captain mm-hmm. of United, that's first, what it was. First year at the prem, it was like oh, we scored about eight or nine. Chopper first game of season. Tottenham, Reed West Ham. Ledbetter against Arsenal. St- um, um, who, who, who scored the late equaliser against Birmingham as well? Second game. Oh, yeah. uh, Stern John. Stern John. Ah, uh, yeah. Stern John. Um, <laughs> the one where Chopper's lying on the keeper. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had just like we had about seven or eight games. We scored like after the eighty-fifth minute. Class. That's that was what he came to it. Just what he got out of the players that that he had there. Mm. Like we won the league that year in the championship and got promoted when we were rock bottom in like well September or whatever he took yeah. well late August sorry where he took over. He split opinion that season though, didn't he? Because he never gave them a a bus tour, did he? I I said at the end he was like a lot yeah. of fans don't like that though. Do they? To be honest, I'm, everybody, every single fan at that time bought into what Keane right. wanted to did like stadium went like our bus as a club we were. We we went eighteen games without losing in the championship. From um, we we lost to Preston. Um, we never beat Preston. We got no, beat no. Preston in the cups and the league. Uh, cups and league, but we lost at home to Preston, and I th- I think it was just a couple of days after Christmas, or like it was in between Christmas and New Year, and then we didn't lose again in the league until Colchester away in April. In like the April, huh? April. It Same was. Uh, now, what what he done to like Sunderland as a club yeah. was unreal because his reputation was so big and our reputation at the time was God, like, just, just yeah like you say going it was like it. a match made in heaven wasn't it because it, it was like yeah, it was, it was, it was it absolutely brilliant right, uh, Niall Quinn and everyone like his team as the and owners Quinn and all that, that. And I did nailed that appointment I know I know because he was supposed to want time off as well after selling yeah and, and he, he came straight into it and it, it was like right well, I was just going to because the thing with that is if you portrayed it was like right we it's either going to happen what happened or he's going to be an arsehole and I was going to listen to him. It was a complete yeah. unknown. Because the players we had, they did listen to him. Like, they said the ones he, Liam Lawrence was booted out because he was giving it the big in training and, yeah. like, well, yeah, Liam Lawrence back in was like, to be fair, in that season we came down, he was like, probably our only decent friend player. It's such a losing mentality, like, after going in the Premier League 15 points, like, from the whole season. Yeah. Like we needed something big to happen, and Kane coming in done that. And I know, like, I kind of like rip into the whole like passion thing, and I said like, get in. <laughs> but that's why Sunderland fans bought into it so much because of, yeah. like Kane's attitude, like, just suits, like, just suits like working class, yeah, in, like areas. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what you want your football team. Football team in those areas is like that's 
what roll your, your sleeve, life in it. Roll your sleeves up and yeah, work. Like you're representing the area, and yeah. So you've got to put your heart and soul into it, and King's just all about that. Oh yeah, and even he, like he, he's he, still he, to this day, he says nothing but good things about Sunderland as a club. Yeah. He managed to keep him in the Premier League as well. Yeah, that first season keeping him up. It was sad how it. It was sad how it ended, but it was ended. ended. But he, he, yeah. he got us a home victory over Newcastle for the first time since the eighties. I would, I, I would just think. See, we just said he was brilliant in transfer market, but when we went to the Prem, I think that's maybe where he lacked a bit. Mm. Like first season, I get it because you know you you're not going to attract. Basically, yeah, you've got people that would do jobs in the Prem. Yeah, but second year he didn't really. There was a weird transfer window he, that like he went against his old fucking grain and he bought it. What do from that? And it was yeah, like, but that 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 first season we went up. Bring, like, a little bit more of like establishment, you know, like a little bit of. Yeah, but it was nah, a bit of style. I'm not being like, oh, you should sign British players on this, but when he first bought his players, that was his core. It was working. And he had hard-working players, and then he bought. He don't get me wrong. He got somewhere like Mal Brank and Richardson and their quality, but likes of. Juf, I loved him, but Cesar was a, there was the arguments about obviously them two clashing. Like, yeah, well, C would have been of the mentality that he was like too big to be playing that. Hundred percent. Yeah, but that's the thing when when we first got promoted, the players he signed again, he went to like he signed players that he knew like Richardson and that, mm-hmm. and then the players that he signed what are like the best of the championship, like wanting to prove a point in the Premier League. Yeah, and then after we were after we just stayed up. Like Drummerville's money dried up. Like there was a big financial crash in Ireland, <coughs> so Drummerville couldn't back us anymore. That's when Niall Quinn got Ellis Short in, and Keane had issue with Ellis Short because Ellis Short was starting to invest, but he wasn't happy that Keane didn't live in the area. Yeah. So he wanted Keane to move up to the area, and he was like, "No, it's worked for the past two years. Yeah. Why do I have to move up now?" And Keane's not going to be fucking told what to do because yeah. that's Roy Keane. <laughs> but we needed to sign players. But then when you're trying to move on to that next next step, it's hard for clubs like Sunderland because of the area yeah. to get the players in that you need to kick on. Mm-hmm. So when we signed Team Team Utanio, great player, unfortunate with injuries whilst he was at us. Mal Brank was class for us. Yeah. Um Andy Reid was good for us. Andy Reid was good for us, yeah. But he, he again like come up from the he was at Charlton yeah. in the championship when we signed him. Um but Keane says in his book when he was trying to sign um Matty Taylor from Portsmouth. Oh yeah, uh, and Ma- texting Ma- back in the and texting texting text car. Yeah, Matty Taylor just had a conversation with him two minutes later. He was in the car. Text him, okay, and I won't sign him. Gonna go to Bolton. Gonna go to Bolton. You think it's high for his influence? Like Richardson said, Richardson picked us over Everton. No. Yeah, and that's it. Sign for Everton that time is like almost like, guaranteed like, at least another, another ten England caps. Like the the trade signed Giuseppe Rossi as well, didn't he? I oh, did. I yeah. and Fallon, yeah. The only reason he, he didn't sign was rumor mill going for a bit, but I don't know. Yeah. Was it was it Fallen or Rossi that he didn't sign because when oh no it was Robbie he, Savage. No 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 when uh, when he turned up no, when he was turned up to <laughs> sign Rossi and uh, and he was having like a meeting with Rossi and he had like six agents or something yeah and he was like I'm not having this yeah. and the, the one that you just mentioned the, 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 the Savage the ones the Savage made, ones good and it's so happy he didn't answer that phone I don't know like what uh, that was that was was that Prem yeah first yeah. Season, I, he wanted to sign it, Savage and Blackburn will get rid of him Mark you said I'll give you some but yeah it rang up went straight to Antifoda and Antifoda was what's that was like, not for me <laughs> 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 signed for Darby instead 
It is good though, because like, it said, it was just like, I just remember like, obviously, we're seeing Sunderland on Sky, and obviously Roy Keane being managing, how much I loved Roy Keane, but it, it did look like it was like a good place to be, like, like we said previously. The atmosphere it, it ended, time it ended solidly. When his son got made and all. Yeah. When they changed Heiju to Kino. Yeah. Like, that season in the Championship and that first season back in the Prem, the atmosphere at the stadium was electric. Uh, it was so good. Derby day that we won. Oh, yeah. that was that was phenomenal. Uh, he'll, Roy Keane, to sum up Roy Keane for me, he'll, he'll always have a, I'll always have an, like, yeah. an, an affection for him because of what he done at Sunderland more than anything. Like, yeah. Like, Premier League legend and that, yeah, like, one of the greats of English football, but my main affinity to him is because of so like what he done for that first eighteen months at some Absolutely. Because we, if it wasn't for him coming in, we could have well ended up going down. Well, like what's happened? Where we are now? Like like what's happened now? Yeah. A lot earlier. Yeah. So him, him and Niall Quinn basically saved saved our club at that time. So yeah. he, he obviously ended sour and he left, and then he got a job at Ipswich. I thought he was gonna just repeat what he'd done at us, but it's too obvious in football, isn't it? Yeah. I think they thought that. I think in his book, I think every pundit was like, "It's just going to get promoted." Like, it's, it's in his book. It's yeah. in his book, it isn't was, it? Like he, he it describes it. It was hard to. It was a hard place to work. Well, yeah. the, the owners were just. He gave the like the owners a list of players that he wanted to sign, mm-hmm. and when he, they came back and like, "Oh, I've got them." Like, how much did you pay for them? And he was like blown away by the money they were wasting on players. Yeah. He was saying, it was like when you were spending that much, I'd have said, "Don't, don't sign them." Like he signed Carlos Edwards from us. Led better, led better call, call back on loan, um, but they paid them. Um, what did what did they pay for? Um, Edwards they paid they paid something like four million for him or something. Yeah, it was absolute, and it was absolutely crot. Yeah. not they barely played for the past yeah. year and a half because he'd been injured. When you're firing out numbers like that, and you're not getting results. And sometimes, like sometimes, like we said previously, sometimes people just match certain jobs. You yeah, know what I mean, some people just match certain jobs. But he says in his book, doesn't he? He found it hard at Ipswich to. I think he'll definitely get another job. I don't know if it'll be in the Premier. I don't know where it'll be, but I think he'll definitely one day though he'll get it either. He wants to do it, and he said previous that he he wants to be a manager. He said, "I know it's mm. not. I know Real Madrid aren't going to come knocking on the door, but would would you take him? Would you take him as Sunderland manager again? That was going to yeah. be my next question." Yeah. If, if, the, if the opportunity where, where we're arise. at like, for me where we're at what is the risk element in it like there is no do you know what I think is there's the no risk. There's, there's none no, I, I, I think our, the, our players are fannies yeah that, that's that, the risk that's a risk but I also feel as in like we're in the worst situation yeah it, it's, it, I would like to say it never happened but it's not going to be that bad where we go down to league two right but all that could happen is we have another season in league one mm. which is I know we started right, but it massively could happen again under Parkinson. So, for me, if you were going to get him or Kevin Phillips any day of the week, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be straight with it. Like for me, the risk just lies with him, doesn't it? Like I, we've just, we've just. I, been, I, I just, would, I would be upset if it went to shit and he was shit, yeah, and and it was shit. And, yeah, I don't think he will come back though. That's what. Well, that's why the risk. That's why the risks are all his. I mean, we've just spent twenty minutes talking about how good his managerial spell at Sunderland was and. You know, sometimes lightning doesn't strike twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he was to come back, he's got everything to lose. I think he seems the type to not come back. I think and he I, enjoys the chase. Chap, that's a chapter of my life. Yeah, it's done. Right. I'm not going back to. Yeah, it's very much like that. Very regimental, isn't he? he? I think he enjoys 
he enjoys dang you know he enjoys dangling the worm in front of folk. You know what I mean? Like he enjoys it. And I, you know something? I think he pure enjoys the punditry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think he pure yeah. enjoys it. Him and Mika Richards have an unreal dynamic. Oh, They're yeah. an absolute joy to watch. <laughs> together. And you can tell he like he pure loves it and all. Like yeah. he pure loves the crack that he's the Villa game. In terms of the fullbacks, Roy, how different is it for him having to work with uh, Rose and Aurier today, comparing those two to to Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold? Chalk and cheese. Two Tottenham fullbacks. Dreadful. Dumb and dumber, I'd call him. Today, just non-existent, and he has been you know, for a year or two. Whatever about his tactical play or the qualities he has, because he is a quality player. But unless you've got the hunger and desire to go in and train properly and try and improve, and all this off-the-field stuff that I see him getting involved in, where he thinks he's a male model of some sort. <laughs> the bottom line with Pickford, I'm not joking you. So that's an error, is it? Because we've got these as, as the, the goalkeepers who've made. Uh, I don't need to see them. The most yeah. errors I don't need to, to see them stats. I know he's not a good goalkeeper. We said it before the game. He's not up to it. And you're talking about Everton making progress he's as a football club. Goalkeeper. I don't care. He is. He is not. He's not a good goalkeeper. I am flabbergasted. There's got to be. There's got to be some stuff going on at that half time. If I was Ali, make some changes, get some lads off the pitch. Lads going through the motions a little bit. Not that United have been bad, but you've got to. I've said flex your muscles, you've got to impose your personality in the game. Spurs have done okay, they've been compact and mm. listen, they've been okay. But Man United, Maguire and they're here. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I oh. get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> These are established international players and we're all sitting here and I know we have to analyse the game. Analyse it till the cows come home. You do your job. We're trying to get in the top four, not win leagues by the way, we're just not about getting the top four. God forbid about winning trophies. Shocking, I am. I'm disgusted with it. Maguire, De Gea, you should hang your heads in shame. Represent Man United and letting people run past you. Get close to people. But in the meantime, when you're manager of Man United, you need, you need to win a few more games. He's won nine. Burnley have won ten. Southampton, I, was I think to tell won you that nine. A few weeks ago. I know you were. I wasn't listening to you properly. <laughs> but, but no, I, again, I, and I say for Frank. I say to any manager. When you look at all the managers, I huge respect to all the managers. And I'm the first to say to any manager. Yeah, give him a little bit of time. But in the meantime, you do have to win a few games. You've made the point there, Jamie, a draw would... Man United have to win tonight because they are running out of games because before you know the season will be over and you go, oh, we ran out of games. They have to start winning games. They've won nine games so far this season. That's not enough for Man United. I'm fuming here watching this game of football. I am staggered at Maguire, staggered at an international player can just get done like this. And I am sick to death of this goalkeeper. I would be fighting him at halftime. There is no getting away from that. I would be swinging punches at that guy. This is a standard stay for an established international goalkeeper. That's his job, isn't it? That's his job to make saves. When I hear people saying someone's a good shot stop for a goalkeeper, is that not what you're supposed to do? Is that the kind of save you would expect him to make? Yeah, yeah. Listen, he's, he's decent at stuff like that, yeah. That goalkeeper, I am fed up. That, that De Gea, the most overrated goalkeeper. No, OK. Patrice, the most overrated goalkeeper I've seen in a long, long time. Did he, did he do anything no, to no, restore his, his reputation with the save from Son? No. I'd save this. This is this. This no. not even going in the, you know, this this even you, going the top you, corner. You've been on this one. This is middle of the goal. I, I think it's a great... Yeah, I, but I think a it's great a great save. save. You need to be ready. It's Patrice, coming quick. If that is not a great save. That's, that's his job. It's middle of the goal. It's good height for him. So we'll, we'll carry on with his punditry then because we've still got like, still a bit of time that we can space mm. out. So. The Villa thing, brilliant. As a pundit, he's sensational. He's, obviously, he's had spells as assistant manager with Republic of Ireland, with Martin O'Neill. 
Uh, Paul Lambert at Aston Villa. O'Neill again at Nottingham Forest. Obviously, it didn't work at Forest, but his punditry for me is just. You just know what you're going to get, aren't you? Mm. Like if he doesn't like something, he's not. No, he'll he'll, he won't sugarcoat he's, it. He's not bothered. You get Carragher and even Neville to an extent, they'll try and see both sides of the picture. Whereas Roy Keane's like. Uh, he's not diplomatic not at, at all. all. If Carragher and Neville like, know the Man United player or the Liverpool player personally, they'll back him up. Like, Whereas he's just like. I wouldn't let David De Gea on the bus. Yeah, I'd be swinging and punches. And he was like, that's a top class save. And he was like, it's right, I'm. <laughs> he is just something else as a point. Like I like, you know, I really enjoyed. Obviously, the World Cup in twenty eight was what it was. But what made it even more enjoyable was him as a pundit in ITV with Billich, Neville, Ian Wright. Yeah. And have you seen yeah. that? There's the famous one where they're on about getting to the final. And Neville and Ian, and Ian Wright are down the bottom, and they're like semi-finals and it's like just play your games you've got the quarter-final to play uh, get to the semi-final he's like yes. final <laughs> they're yeah. wet themselves laughing <laughs> he's like just stop getting ahead of yourself uh, Billich is sat there like, I'm saying the singer's coming home and you haven't even made the final yet <laughs> 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 he's just sensational isn't he like, he's you've just, won nothing <laughs> I love it when he gets more angry and he gets like higher pitched yeah, voice more, more leprechaun <laughs> <laughs> I love the clip of him where he's being interviewed about um, John Walters having the baby and that, and it's like, well, John Walters won't be, why not? Well, his wife just had a baby. He never had the baby. <laughs> unless he's breastfeeding. Unless he's breastfeeding, he should be all right. <laughs> he's, he's just really good with the press, isn't he? Like, he? He always has been, I've always thought. There's even videos of him as a kid being interviewed for Forrest and that, and he seems. Have you seen how chirpy he is when he's a youngster? Like, he's getting always interviewed been able that, to handle the press. Like, and then as he, as he gets older you, you, you just see this like dark cloud taking over his face but it gets more and more dry when <laughs> Gary Neville says he's one of the funniest like people he's ever yeah. played with because he's, like, he's just got such a dry sense of humor yeah I like that you see the one last season Liverpool United when they're doing a joint 11 and he hated it anyway you could see he hated doing it yeah and he had to pick players from Man United's treble winning season oh and they had to choose had to pick players mm. from Liverpool's title winning season yeah and Carragher put Mane over gigs. I know I'm the biggest gigs fan, but his face when like they were like, so the other presenter, and he yeah. was like, so who's on your left wing? And he was like, well, Ryan. And then Carragher was like, Mane, and he's like, just his full face dropped. He's like, come on. I didn't thought he was going to stop doing it. Like, uh, did Carragher pick Robertson over Dennis Irwin as well? Yeah, and he picked. He was also he picked Firmino over the Dwight York and he was like and he was a guy he was not happy. Like. <laughs> he has like there's that one where him and Carragher get a little bit irate at a match, isn't it? Like where he's like, oh, we all like at Liverpool we almost won a league and he's just like, yeah, but you're talking about almost, Jimmy. You didn't win a league and Jimmy Carragher's like, oh, you can play uh, that Hello Darkness, like, my old friend music you know, over it. You don't get your points written on the back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 97 points, well done. You still haven't won the league. <laughs> He's just I mean, like I want to see more of him and Mika Richards definitely are brilliant together. Yeah, that one I say where Villa stayed up the last day of the season. No, so right, in, the, in the in the changing room and Roy Keane just look at it and you're not seeing their face but you just hear Mika Richards start bursting out laughing and then it cuts back to Roy Keane just looking at them like 
celebrating because they've stayed up. Like, <laughs> you've yeah. you're not, you know, something, and he's got a point because it's so true. Rain is going around that changing room, like, like video and like, way and like selfie comes yeah. out. Mate, you've won the Champions League. It's like what yeah. he says. It's pretty nearly much, forty. It's like what he says. It's pretty much celebrating, not failing. Not yeah. they're not celebrating. Winning, celebrating, glorifying failure, isn't it? Yeah, Staying like, up, failure. it should be a relief. Oh, thank fuck. Yeah, I. Like, oh, fuck. I bet you there was none of that when we stayed up. Oh, no, he did. Bet you was not. I yeah. bet you went in and was like himself. No, no. You want a handshake, like, well done on a good season, well balled, and we've, we've done it, but oh, well, this needs to change, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Very, very, very rarely seen him celebrate on a touchline when he managed us. No. But the odd time the camera would pan to a tunnel, it'd go straight to a player that had, like, done, like when yeah. Chopper scored that last minute winner against Spurs, Kings, Kings, just, you just like stern face, like one fist in the air, like that. And then there's a camera angle where he's in the tunnel with Chopper and he's like just massive high five and like big hug for Chopper yeah, and yeah. stuff. He has a little hop step on the on the Richardson goal. Ah, oh, the, the free kick. Sorry, he doesn't smile, but he runs out and he like gives it a big flick. <laughs> and then he realises what he's done. His hands back in his pocket and he's straight back to the. Speaking thing. of hands in his pocket, it used to infuriate me when fans would sing Keno give us a wave because you could oh. tell he just. Oh, there's he one person that's walk. not gonna do it. I think. Ugh. And the one time he'd reluctantly go like he'd just like lift a hand up like that. <laughs> like going back to the Richards, like what I really enjoyed, like you kind of knew that something was growing was when uh, I can't remember who was doing commentary. They like punditry on Mike Richards is like when I burst onto the scene, <laughs> and Roy Keane's like, "Do defenders really burst uh, onto right the back scene?" Burst onto the scene. It is like, yeah, younger was it youngest defender to get capped for England? I was, this it was like, like yeah, I'd call that burst on the scene, and then Roy Keane does that. You were about that little corner of his mouth smirk. Uh, like, mm. yeah. He just loves like a little like pro- like prod, and, like, <laughs> just like trying to get a reaction out of me. He'll never say, he'll never, say, he'll never sell himself, but he'll, it, he'll, he'll he put prob- the feeder out. Mika Richards goes on one defending himself, and like Keane's just like smirking. Like, to him, like, Mika Richards must have started that rant defending himself. Realised Keane's like, God, yeah. like, like, I've got to follow this through now. I'm gonna- <laughs> oh God. To be very good, Richards, he pure burst onto the scene as a right back. Yeah, I enjoyed Mika Richards, to be fair. But, uh, I think we've covered loads there, there yeah, haven't we? Yeah, there's we've pretty much enjoyed that. Everything. Um, enjoyed that. So, we'll round it off with three, three, word, three words to describe Roy Keane. We'll round it off like that. What, one each? Yeah. Three each. Yeah, one each. Three words. To, so, if you've got one word to describe Roy Keane. Winner. Like that. I'm going with Legend. The word legend gets chucked about far too easily, not even in football, just in life itself. But if someone who's a bona fide legend is Roy Keane. That's not a role model. Yeah. Yeah. He's just fantastic. Maybe that's someone that I like, generally looked up to him because I was like 30, 40. Yeah. Like, I generally was proud that he was my manager at my footy club. Class. Like, how influential he is. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's it. That's that's another that's another player profile. That's episode, the first player profile we've done for a long time. That, it, it has been a while. Who was the last one that we did? Was it Tevez? Tevez. That was a while ago. Yeah, it was I? That's that like, was pre-lockdown. That. That's like mid-season, season one. Tevez. I've done Guti Tevez and Dicanio Guti Tevez and Roy Keane now. So, so it'll be back to you picking the next one. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. Turn. 
I've got a few written down, I'll have, I'll have a think. <laughs> right, let's let's say goodbye before we we'll hit roll, the ride it up early. Hit the four hour mark. <laughs> so we'll uh, obviously do the usual social media stuff and you know just search Pronsani yes. we'll be in there. Share our stuff, tell your friends about us, just get the genuine crack. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to the Danish lads by the way. <laughs> get Love that. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. See you guys. Yeah.